Hello, welcome to Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. I'm Alex Boardman, he's Chris Keogh, he's a barrister, I've got a law degree, we're both comedians. Well, that's a weird sound, isn't it? And it shouldn't be that weird, because I'm in my front room where we often record it. Yeah. What's wrong with the sound of my microphone? Um... I, I think it's that you don't have one. It is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So um, episode about 21 yeah. of the rebranding and redoing it. So it's now the third time I've not got a microphone. Yeah, yeah. However, not my fault. No, it is my fault this time because I um, I basically left my microphone at home. <laughs> so sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> it don't matter. I don't think anybody gives a toss. No, I no. Realise if we'd have just used the inbuilt microphone in an iPhone... We'd probably have been it would have been all right. right. It would have been yeah, absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> so never mind. Um, I, You're sitting there. You look like you are a contestant on The Apprentice. Yes. You've yes, got that going on. Have, I, have we done this, that before? You've done that bit before. Is so that, that right. I'm just going to try and stop you all from right. doing the same. Bit. I remembered. I remembered then. It was like you know, when you're doing a gig and going, "I'm sure I've yeah. said this joke." It's already. like if you're MC in the late show and you can't remember if you'd done it in the early or the late. All oh, so. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, you did it, and then your bit was about your dad has started doing he, it. He does. He still does that, like, and I don't know why he does it. He's not. Ex- I've not asked him. No. It's just like he's decided that's how he's going to talk on his <laughs> phone from now on, forever. It also it doesn't matter who he's talking to. Like I've heard him have proper sort of like so same, confidential conversations. Same as it was last year. Then yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just going right for that. Yeah. Same. yeah. Um, so this happened to me last night, and it was awful. You know the nineties are back. Do you think the nineties are back or not? Um, uh, yeah. Are they? I don't. It doesn't feel like they are to me because I feel no less full of you know joy and joy and optimism and stuff like that as I was in the nineties because I was I was I was ten in nineteen ninety. The nineties got off to like a proper start for me. I was ten. I went to Italy while the World Cup was on. Oh my gosh! And it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that's what, that's how this started, and they ended with me being in second year uni, which was really good. So it was like a yeah a proper decade. You know what I mean? Yeah, eighties were brilliant. Even though 90s. most of it was under Tory rule, you know, it was fine. Yeah, for that's me. irrelevant. This is what I like. It, that is utterly irrelevant when you're young, and yeah, I'm not yeah. sure it shouldn't be when you're old. I'm not sure now that because of things like Twitter, I never really cared about politics when I was young and happy. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And now it makes me miserable. I've not been on Twitter much and it, I'm, I'm happier for not being on it. But anyway, so I noticed a year or two ago, like young women that are like 20 to 25, there was a look that they had that was <clears throat> like um, a sort of late 80s look. Like if you watch when Morrissey goes solo and he does suede head yeah. and he does uh, Every Day's Like Sunday, the things that girls... So that's 87. So the girls in those videos or any people really wore docks and sort of almost like Breton T-shirts and jeans that were quite high yeah. and turned up and like little socks and yeah. berets, that kind of thing. It's a good look. It is well. It's I, sort yeah. of. It's sort of how I dress. <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed a couple of years ago that was a thing. Like I noticed because it was like really odd. Because I was like, oh my god, that just looks so like nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. And then latterly, I've noticed like big baggier tops, like hoodies or whatever, and like sort of you know pants went really thin for a while. 
Well, pants have got a bit bigger now. Trousers have got a bit bigger in jeans. All right. So I was with my son just as he was about to go to uni, and um, we were in like Manchester, and we went in Urban Outfitters, and nearly everything in the shop. I was like, oh my God, I either had that or like a Della Soul t-shirt or a... I've noticed was, that. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, oh my God, I had that. And then in my brain, I was figuring it out and it was about somewhere between 91 and 3. Yeah. So it gets a bit grungy, like Nirvana-y. So I said to Joe, my lad, I was like, is the 90s back? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's back in a big way. So then I was like, bang, in, in an old suitcase, pulled out some jeans, 501s. <laughs> And uh, so I tried them on, and I was like, are these 90s? And he was like, yes, where did you get they those? They still fit you? Yeah, because the jeans aren't there, so I can just undo the top button if puss comes to shove. Right, but, okay. <laughs> and also, you can, like, you can also, like, put them a bit lower, can't you? So your waist is not really changed. It's just there's a bit of, like, Clarkson style. Oh, right, style just sort of, like, like hang, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, your hips are in the same place, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I tried them on, and I was like, Really? And they were like a lot baggier than I've been wearing lately because I thought everybody was wearing skinny stuff. So he was going, yeah, yeah, oh, they look great. Oh, wow, can I have them? Oh, no, they won't fit me. I'm not a 34 waist, I'm a 28 waist or whatever. Right, okay, great. And then, so I went to my gig last night and there were two young people in the front row and they just pointed at my trousers and laughed. (laughs) 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 And they were like giggling to themselves and then they heckled with it. Trousers. They went. <laughs> they were shouting jeans and trousers. No clarification required. We all no. know what the elephant in the room is. <laughs> and um, and other people giggled as well. But then, and the audience was really old. They were older than me. But I just wonder if my sons, because they've done it. The kids have done it a couple of times with me, with saying things that weren't true. For instance the word tight. So I was going, so if you went, oh, the, here, here you go, there's a burn. I go, oh, tight, like that. So I was saying it for a couple of years. And what, in response to? In response, thinking it was like a thing like cool or okay or whatever. Right, okay. So I started saying it. I said it on stage a couple of times. And then I was like, I came back to him and I said, is this just a Stockport thing? No one else seems to be saying tight. And Luke, who's my eldest, was like pissing himself because he kept up for about a year. And he'd basically, I'd text him something and autocorrects had changed right in his reply to tight. So All right, I okay. said to him, oh, is that a new thing? And he went, yes. <laughs> but I'm now at that age where I'm just like a, I'm like a laughing stock, it would appear to me. It's just really, but I'm just wondering if the 90s are back. So if we've got any young people listening, could you confirm or deny, please, via Twitter? I, I think I think there must be a bit because, like, clothing-wise, I find that I like a lot more yes. clothing that's in the shops and everything. Well, I'd wear that because yeah. in my head I still think I'm about 18, you know what I mean? So Well, but then does it make you, in your 40s, if you were to buy that and wear it, even though it's something you would have worn 20-odd years ago, does that make you cool or does it oh, make like, you sad? Yeah, does it mean like, okay, I don't, I just don't mutton know. dressed as lamb type yes. territory? Is that where you're at? I don't know. I've got, basically, I've still, I still have items of clothing I had from back then anyway. Me too. That still fit me. So I me just, I've just never stopped wearing them. So <laughs> it's too. like, it's just back. I'm like, well, I appear to be in fashion this month. You know, and <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. Well, I'm, I only stopped wearing these jeans that are from the 90s, the 501s. I only stopped wearing them about five years ago because one of my mates came 
and like texted me in the interval of the gig. It was at the Comedy Store Manchester. And he texted me and went, really good show. And he went, is it a 90s themed night? So I texted him back and went, oh, what do you mean? Because I've probably done some material that was like about the Hacienda or something. Yeah. And he went, you're close. <laughs> I was like, oh, you cheeky guy. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, but, but like checked overshirts are back. You know, yes, like dressing like a trucker. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's great. One of, one of which is well over like 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. And Emma, Emma said, oh, like I put it on and she went, oh, are you, like, are you decorating? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> was, do you know what else has happened? Has this ever happened to you? I had some boat shoes. Do you know what boat shoes are? Like deck shoes. Yeah. So basically Rick Stein wears them on every... <laughs> Everything he ever does, he's about eighty odd, and um, I had them and I kept losing them, and then well, by deck shoes do you mean like this sort of boaters, plimsoll ones, or the ones that are like leather? So they're like a leather of like yeah, that have like a stitching round the top. Yes, and like almost like a rope. Yeah, yeah. like a bit of rope, but it's leather. Yeah, yeah, run down round the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a flat. They used to be called docksiders, and they were sabago. I used to wear them with without socks. Yes, me with, too. Me also. Showing my ankles, and I used to sit yeah. at college, trying to attract the women <laughs> by sitting like that, wearing like a, like a shirt with a V-neck jumper <laughs> over the top, and sort of chinos with my boat shoes, sitting reading Ulysses by James <laughs> Joyce or something, <laughs> helping. You know, like a, Wait, well, you like a sort of like, anyway. like a wind pollinator. You know, I like think oh, this will just I'll just send out vibes, and then yeah. they'll they'll and just they'll... all come flocking <laughs> yeah. to me. And do you know what? It wasn't successful no, as a strategy. No, can you imagine it? But, <laughs> so I went, like, I, I lost these shoes and Emma was like, she didn't know where they were. I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then I was putting, you know, you got a wee-wee bin and I was putting stuff in the bin. This was about four years ago now. And um, she'd binned my shoes. So I pulled them out of the bin and went, I think you've accidentally binned my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> There's been an admin error here, I think. You're fine. <laughs> she always hated them. And then, so she never said anything. And then she must have waited till like Wednesday night because bin day's Thursday. And bin's like my main job. Yeah, yeah. And um, she put the bins out that night and then they were gone. And I was like, I've lost my shoes again. And she told me like weeks later. After going, <laughs> oh, I don't know where they are. And I kept <laughs> she went, I just couldn't look at you. In, I just couldn't, it like made me sick in my mouth. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what did but, you think of your, your wear, it's particularly nice, you're wearing some pony Yeah, well, she trainers. don't mind these because they, they're quite they, cool. Well, they're linked to, I, I tried to get NFL linebacker, but they don't have them. But these, we saw these in Amsterdam. Right, which okay. Was for a, so there's like for a sentimental birthday. attachment. Yeah, and also they like basketball boots from the 80s, yeah, 986 yeah. dunk competition. Right. But um, yeah, so it's trainers. I'm solid on trainers. Right, that's good. But uh, yeah, it's just, I thought when you got older, you'd be more. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we've done it wrong. You know, when people were this age, when we were younger, they would just now be wearing cardigans and have pipes and sit reading in a leather chair and wear brogues and... I mean, to be fair, that sounds pretty much like <laughs> what, what I do. It sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. It really sounds good, yeah. doesn't they it? They had it nailed, the older <laughs> folk, didn't they? Did. Yeah. Maybe we're just confused. And yeah, maybe just we should... like, yeah. And from now on, I'm going to be emotionally distant. You know, and they go, what, what, why is that? Because it's just easier. It's just miles easier. I'm just going to hide behind the newspaper and occasionally clear my throat when someone says something I disagree with. You know what I mean? It's when like, do you start lecturing? Um, in As about... Full time? In about a month's time, 
Wow. 7th of November is my first day. I bet there'll, there'll have to be a change because you can't, you're wearing currently an orange sweatshirt. Yeah. And like, sort of, well, peach, clown trousers. <laughs> chinos. Wear, they're just like black chinos. You can't wear that though. You have to wear a suit. Why? I'm not going to wear a suit. I hope not anyway. One of the reasons I got out of doing the laws, I hate wearing a suit. Right. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I don't think you have to wear a suit to teach, do you? No. I didn't at Liverpool. I just wore right. jeans and a jumper. Perhaps if you want to get to be head of department or something. Well, we all know that I have no ambition. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> um, right, what are we doing? That was, um, we were just saying before, weren't we? We like doing the chat yeah. more than the law. More than the law, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's increasingly the case that, that it's, it's it basically the, the the sort of like trajectory of my life is that actually it's like I spend most of my time can we not just chat about things rather than Do doing law, law. <laughs> um, so uh, but to carry on from the last episode not the last episode we did but the last episode that was sort of on track in terms of what the you know, we're not doing a manslaughter episode, are we? No, we are doing a manslaughter episode. Oh my yeah. god, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, yeah. So I mean, like, we're not doing a, a, a topical one. We're gonna, we're, I'm gonna do um, finished, uh, effectively unlawful like manslaughter because because there was something I mentioned in the last episode about that about dangerousness. You remember that? Yeah. So you remember? No. Do you remember that basically? So the the unlawful act has to be un, obviously it's got to be unlawful, hence unlawful. Yeah. It's also got to be dangerous in of itself. So. Um, it's, it can't be an unlawful act that's not dangerous. No. That could that lead to someone's death. No. So, that's because there's an element of foreseeability involved. Um, well, we were talking about the it, the case in Haitian, weren't we, about the gas explosion? Oh, yes. So basically, it's an unla- the unlawful act in that case was abstraction of gla- gas and effectively vandalism and damage to um, a, a gas pipe. Yeah, that was and caught. the neighbour's property. And, yeah, yes. yeah, and then there was an explosion in which a, yeah. a child was killed. Yes. Um, and basically, the unlawful act there, obviously, the intention wasn't to have caused harm, it was to steal gas. Mm. But because that wasn't stealing gas is an unlawful act because it's theft, um, and stealing gas st- and messing about with gas is dangerous, Yeah. then therefore it, it, met, the, it met the sort of test, basically, in yeah. order to be then to lead to the possibility of conviction for manslaughter. Right, and was it a first, did you talk about foreseeability or did, is that what you're going to talk about? So I'm going to talk about, so basically the, it's about whether, is how we define dangerousness, you know what I mean? Right, Is okay. it a subjective test? Yes. Um, or is it an objective test? And, we, and as I mentioned last time, it's an objective test, but I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more depth because there's a bit more to discuss there really. This um, comes up a lot, doesn't it? Objective versus subjective. Yeah, and when we come on to talk about recklessness, there's going to be like a, quite a bit about objective recklessness versus subjective recklessness. Reasonable um, man test, seem to remember. Exactly, that. and it it always <clears throat> sort of like it, it it you know is that these objective tests always make sense until they come up to a case where actually this is creating an injustice potentially. Yeah, you know what I mean. So for for the most part, it's fine. And what it is really is is that it's like if someone says, so let's take the case of the gas explosion, someone's messing away with that, and he goes, and the person said, well, I didn't realise this was dangerous, that this could have led to an explosion, that would led to something happening that could have caused somebody harm, either by an explosion or by escape of noxious fumes or whatever, um, then that would be like quite a difficult defence to, you know, if, if that was the def- it had to be subjective that you personally didn't perceive yes. of the risk. It's quite an easy argument to make in defence of something. Yeah. Whereas, like, so I think it makes sense that a jury can decide, actually, I reckon, nonsense, anyone would have foreseen that that was a risk. You know what I mean? So 
you can see why it exists there. Um, and it comes from actually the, the, the fundamental definition of, of what is objective in, in this context comes from the case of church, uh, the Cronin Church from 1966. And it was delivered by Mr. Justice Edmund David. Um, and he says, and I'm going to quote this, so this is the objective test. Right. Um, the unlawful act must be such as all sober and reasonable people would inevitably recognise must subject the other person to at least the risk of some harm result therefrom, albeit not serious harm. Right, okay. So basically, so, it's, so you've got sober and reasonable people, yeah? Yep. The most fun people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it, it, they, would, they would inevitably recognise, so it's got to be so yeah. apparent, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, that the act would, must subject the other person to at least the risk of some harm. So it doesn't have to be the harm that they suffer. No. So in the case of, for example, gas, like I said, the, the harm might well be, you know, um, just from inhalation of, of, of fumes yeah, it or whatever. Yeah, dizziness. It might, yeah, yeah, it might not necessarily be that there's an explosion in which someone's killed, you know what I mean? So, so you know, it, it, it's, it's quite a, a sort of wide definition, really, to allow you to... And, and what you do is you put the reasonable person in the scenario of, of the of the individual of the defendant, in essence. And what would this reasonable, this sort of fictitious reasonable person, what would they have, um, what would they have thought, in essence, in the, in that case? What would they have perceived in that situation? Now, it came up again in the case of um, the DPP. Is that not at odds with? Oh, it's manslaughter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was going what, to say. What were you going to say? Because in, in murder, the, to make out murder, it's got to be um, the minimum risk has got to be serious harm. Yeah, you, well, it, well, well, yeah. So with murder, you have to the actus reus is the is the unlawful killing of another person. Yeah, and then the mens rea is like with intent yeah. to cause um, grievous bodily like serious harm. Yeah, GBH in essence. Or to kill, you know what I mean? So, so that's the intent. Now, interestingly, here we're not actually talking about intent. What we're talking about is the nature of the act that forms the actus reus. So it's a slight difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what we're talking about is, is, is this act such that anyone else would, would see that doing it would, you know, create the risk of some harm being suffered by someone else, in essence? Yeah. So, so it, it is a, it's a fairly discreet point, but it, it, is, it is a different thing. You're not talking about the, men, the, the sort of like the, the intention or the, or the mental state of the person doing it. It's whether or not the act can fall within this sort of yeah. like objective definition of dangerousness. Because theoretically then, if you were the person stealing the gas, you could argue, as you said earlier, I never thought it had harmed anybody. I never thought of anything other than saving I money. I was literally just trying to save yeah. money. I didn't even consider that it could yeah. have... Thing. But I didn't, somebody I didn't that it could have would go, hang on, you're messing around with gas. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, it, <clears throat> and it basically, it means that someone can't just get off it by having failed to consider doing mm. something, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which is, again, is slightly different from, from recklessness, potentially, because there, there, there have been arguments within recklessness about whether or not someone had to perceive of a risk themselves, i.e. subjective, yeah. or whether or not this reasonable person would have perceived of a risk. And again, it gets you away from that argument um, of, of, like, you know, someone being able to say, well, I didn't realise that was going to be an issue, you know. Because yeah. um, that's and, a great defence, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's the defence. And, and that's why objective tests exist, do you know what I mean? It, it yeah. makes sense that we have those. Obviously, it will always come up, to, come up against, you know, it gets into grey areas, when you're talking about people who've done things who naturally, because of their age or mental capacity, 
have a lack of understanding and appreciation mm. of, of consequences. Um, and that's you know, and 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 that and the, that came up in the case where the objective test was was largely um, confirmed, and that's the case of the DPP and Newbury and Jones. Um, in that these these were two fifteen year old boys basically who'd been convicted of the manslaughter of a railway guard who was travelling in the the cab of a train. So he's at the well, front of the train. Yeah. Um, and basically they're pushed into the path of the oncoming train, a paving stone. So they've done the thing of pushing oh off a bridge uh, that had been left by workmen um, on the parapet of the bridge. So like, you know, the workmen haven't done they've created a dangerous situation mm. themselves. But obviously these two have they've pushed it off there and it's fallen down from the bridge and the train's gone into it and it's gone through the window yeah. and killed the guard. Oh right. Oh, so it's more like a Hancock and Shankling. Yeah. So it's not they've not just put it on because we used to should I, I think other children <laughs> <laughs> used to like put little stones on or twi like you know branches on the railway lines at Mills Hill. Yeah. Because it was wide open when it first when it was first done. You could just yeah, yeah. literally walk off the platform, walk all the way up the lines if you want. So you'd put things on to watch the train break it or Yeah, yeah. Like See if it because if you did it just right with a stone, the train had hit the stone. Obviously, and like just fire it at millions of miles an hour. And if it did something, it like smashed through a fence. Yeah, pretty good. Well, that's it. And, and it's it's um, you know I, th I think I think we all know of children who have done things <laughs> yes. like that, don't we? Or yes. who have dropped things off multiway bridges yes. to see. You know, like, it's the sort of thing that the you know. But none of us were on screens, were we? We're all out <laughs> enjoying ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but just living in the moment yeah. you know but, um, yeah. what year was this then these uh, two Newbury and Jones Newbury and Jones uh, it was 1977 right okay a great year for that sort of thing yeah, you would yeah, have thought Jubilee. yeah yeah <laughs> but, um, yeah so it was um, yeah so, so, that, so that was that was confirmed then obviously like I said these are two 15 year old boys so you can see how there might have been um, mm. some argument there well why should they be judged against this sort of against this person with a, a greater degree of understanding or, yeah. or whatever. Um, so basically, the, 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 it was held that their, their appeals were dismissed, basically, on the basis that... So they appealed against the conviction on the grounds that they were only 15 and you should only... They hadn't perceived of this risk because of their understanding yes. based on their age. Whether you agree with that as a 15-year-old, whether you could have foreseen that anyways, is, is not yeah. really relevant for the purposes of this discussion. Um, but the point was, is that Lord Salmon um, effectively concluded that, no, it is an objective standard. It's what would this reasonable, sober person have perceived had they been in that. So have this, you put, as, the, as the, the jury, you put this reasonable person on the bridge. Yeah, yeah. And decide whether this reasonable, sober person um, would have pushed this paving slab off there um, Without so perceiving that the test then, with the, the oh, without, yeah, okay, sorry. without perceiving of the risk, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so and the, the risk is only a, some risk, isn't it? It's not like a, a serious. You risk. don't have it's to have seen the, the exact thing happen. Yeah, 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 just some. Just risk. that there is some risk of some harm, and I think that it is fairly easy to make that point with pushing a paving slab in front yeah, of an oncoming God, train yeah. that it could cause some harm to somebody. So this came through the window and killed the. Guard. Yeah, yeah. So it's gone it's, as oh, as it's fallen off the bridge, presumably the train's fallen into it. it. So the oh speeds involved there has come through and it's it's killed him. Yeah, exactly. So so basically, an accused is guilty of manslaughter if it's proved that he intentionally did an act which was unlawful and dangerous, and that the act had inadvertently caused the death, and that it was 
unnecessary to prove that the accused knew that the act was unlawful or dangerous. Um, the, the test was still an objective test, namely whether all sober and reasonable people would recognise the act was dangerous and not whether the accused actually recognised the act. So it, was confirmed, it confirmed the point. Now, um, you, you get to the stage, though, where there's, there's, there's some, some discrepancies about uh, or, or some interesting points emerge from the case law as we move forward, um, which is if the victim has some sort of peculiarity uh, peculiarity is that the right? I never heard but peculiarity. Yeah, some peculiarity that's relevant um, if it had been known at the time. So to give an example, there's two there's two cases that, that if who the victim. So so if the victim's got some. So it's similar to right. Is it the eggshell skull thing or is that from? Yeah. So eggshell's eggshell skull test is from tort, where basically you have to the victims of the defender. So if somebody has some sort of you know they, they use like a, a thin skull or whatever and they suffer harm that yeah. possibly wasn't foreseeable without that, then that doesn't matter that, that you didn't know about that. But it, it is different from that, and, it dist and it's distinguished on, on, on this point, um, really. So that there's, there's, a, a, there's a couple of cases that are very similar in terms of the outcomes to the victim, um, in that both, had, um, both victims had um, effectively a susceptibility to, to suffer harm from effectively a heart attack. Right. Um, and... And yet, they were different people. You know, the scenarios of the offences were slightly different, and and the you know that it, it's basically what would the reasonable person have known if they'd been in this scenario at the time as, as, as yeah. the defendant was. So so that the first case um, is the case of um, of Dawson in nineteen eighty from nineteen eighty five, and now this was a basically a robbery at a petrol station. Okay, um, and. It's it's interesting in so much that the, if you think about the... I'll, I'll go through the brief facts. With Let you. me guess the facts. Go on, then. Robber, armed robber, robs the petrol station. The dude's behind the counter. He has a heart attack because he's susceptible to heart attacks and he dies, and it's is it manslaughter? Yeah, that is exactly what <laughs> it's happens. It's pretty obvious because you get yeah, you yeah, said yeah. that. Yeah, so he's got a weak heart, so, but, but basically it's the weak heart is the issue. So he's yeah. got heart disease, okay? Yeah. Um, and um, basically it's an attempted robbery. He's behind the, the glass, mm. um, so he's sort of protected from physical harm there. But obviously it's a stressful situation for him, but because of his heart disease, that triggers an event in his heart. Yeah. Um, and, the, and he dies ultimately of a heart attack. There is, there's, the, a direct, there's a clear line of causation there yeah. between the robbery and the effect. Now, d is, is the harm that's suffered by him, because like, no one's shot or anything like that, it's just literally this, this robbery yeah. is, is, is going on. So for younger listeners who've never been in a garage after like 10 at night, up until, <clears throat> I don't know, whenever, maybe like the late 90s, maybe the 2000s, you could go in a garage at night. They might have a lock on the door, and they'd come and open it and let you know. They might say clear off, and they used to have a window. Yeah. Um, but more often than not, it wasn't like time locks or anything. So you could just pretty much walk in, and they'd be behind a glass yeah. barrier, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was literally every other week, garages were being done over by people with guns or fake guns and yeah. and robbed. Yeah. So so but so basically because the this susceptibility to so this heart disease can't have been known by, to the, to the mm. person. It's not to the person, it's to the reasonable answer. Had the reasonable man been the... I mean, why are reasonable man's engaging themselves <laughs> in an armed robbery? I don't know. But like, had they been there, so, you, know, you, you transpose this reasonable person into the mind of the, yeah. of the defendant 
And had they been there, they can't have known of this susceptibility. And therefore, the reasonable man wouldn't have perceived the, the risk. Yeah. So therefore, the, the act itself doesn't fall into the objective test of dangerousness and it can't be manslaughter. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Now, let's... now, that's the opposite to the tort version. It is the opposite it's to the it. It's the exact opposite. Exactly. Eggshell skull was one of the few things I, I recall. Yeah, exactly. But so, it's criminal, it's high standard. Yeah, but if you compare that to um, the case of... Let me just turn my page over. Um, Look at all these pages. This is unreal. Of Watson you've, from you've 1989. Got, right, let me just... In your orange... T-shirt and your coin trousers. The coin trousers. But people would imagine you're wearing harem pants. I think. Yeah, yeah. So to the to your left hand, you've got several stapled together printed off sheets. You've got a laptop on your knee, and you've got an actual legal, massive, fat legal textbook in your right hand, and you're also on your phone. Yeah. So you look like an absolute pro. <laughs> <laughs> if only you'd not forgotten your microphone. <laughs> exactly. You won't be able Looks to do this at, at uni, you know. What? When you actually in, you have to have some sort of degree of, like, you know what you're on about. So you I won't know. be able to just... You can get away with those sheets as if it's... This is a worksheet I've provided for you all. Let's go through yeah, it. I'm not just reading from yes. this thing for the first time. <laughs> Let's hope nobody asks any questions, you know. But um... Do you know what? It's miles easier, I've found, to actually do once print do all the work yourself as if you're the student and do all the notes yeah and just give them access to it because then no one can accuse you that's of, what i used to do when i was at Liverpool. yeah not yeah, doing I it just because you go look it's all there it's all the work's there you used to do the seminars you had problem questions i'd answer the questions myself so that i knew yeah. how to do them and then i just put them on the sort of online thing and they could have them yeah yeah and they all got good marks the ones who turned up to my seminars so yeah, we need you to know. do it once that's yeah, the trick. exactly brilliant um yeah, so, but if you, so compare that to the case of Watson, which is a few years later, on 1989. Right. Um, now, Watson was an elderly and frail man, okay? Right. Um, Watson was? Yeah. Right, the victim. Okay. Sorry, no, the victim, not yeah, Watson. Yeah, the victim was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that would have been a more interesting thing. Watson was an elderly... <laughs> yeah, he got him doing a robbery and he dropped the gun and shot yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so the victim is an elderly and frail man, okay? In, um, the, in a garage? Not in a garage. No, at home. Right, okay. Okay, so it's a, it's a burglary, okay? Right. So um, so it's a, it's a residential burglary. So victim's at home, frail 87-year-old man who lives at home, um, and there's this burglary takes place, basically, in which he's threatened verbally. Um, right. Okay. Um, now, he dies an hour and a half later, the victim, of, of shock from from this sort of yeah. situ from this situation. Now, again, is that manslaughter based on so that there's causation issues there about whether or not you yeah. know because the you know it, it's not at the time he's not just he's not going give me all your money he's then going, and then die yeah you know he's died later on so but yeah. there's no intervening act though so for causation purposes his death has been caused by this burglary but yes. for the burglary he wouldn't be dead now you know yes. that that's accepted as a fact. So it's, um, it's, it's whether or not that falls within the definition of, of dangerous for, you know, under this objective test. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say yes. On what basis do you think that? Um, because had there not been the act, 
uh, it wouldn't have happened. It really, you know, it's that there's, unless something has broken the chain, like the causational link, yeah. um, then whether it's a minute after or whether it's three or four hours after, if he's got someone, well, he's old and he's died of shock. So he's still in shock and the shock's got worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, so, so that's the causation point. But in terms of the objective test, do you know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you think about like the, an armed robbery, and yeah. a robbery of a petrol station wasn't dangerous objectively. Oh, right, and he's not gone in with a gun. Purposes. Has he just done a burglary? So he's just done a burglary, yeah. Right, okay. Have, have you gone in armed and got the fellow with a shotgun, like, and had him sat on a chair and frightened the life out of him? Then yes, I would say. If he's just gone in and done the burglary, I'd, I'd say no. Yeah, so he, but yeah, he has been threatened. You know what I mean? So he's yeah. like he's he's physically threatened him and sort of said, right, I'm robbing your house, you'll duff or whatever. You know, I don't know what he said. Um, That's exactly how uh, chummy speak, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I'm robbing your house, you old duffer. <laughs> oh no, please no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it's like at the point that the burglary first starts. Yeah, it's not a dangerous act. Okay. Yeah. Um, However, it becomes dangerous when, when the frailty yes. is known to the burglar. And again, you transpose the reasonable man into the burglar's mind mm. and go, actually, if you go into a house and you see that this person's 87-year-old, he's an elderly, frail man, if you threaten him, that might cause, put him at risk of some harm. If you go back to the... Definition. Yeah, it's only some harm, isn't it? Yeah. That risk of some harm. You know, it's not inconceivable, you know, and it clearly fits within that definition. So the fact that you continue with the burglary after you've become aware of the frailty of the victim. Yeah. Yeah. Then so was there's, there's a great turn of phrase, which is the unlawful act continues through the whole of the burglarious intrusion. <laughs> burglarious. <laughs> <laughs> So that if V dies of a heart attack caused by the continuing in the burglary, yeah. after it's, you know, it, then he will be guilty of manslaughter, basically, because it becomes a dangerous act. So at yeah, the point you realise it becomes a dangerous act, you carry on then, at that yeah. stage it's a dangerous act, and that's the dangerous act. That's the unlawful act that's dangerous, and therefore it's unlawful act manslaughter. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. But like, so like, to contrast that with another case, though, there's, you know, there, was, there was a case of, I think, Carey, it was, was it Carey? Sorry, I'm fucking back to See, this is, this is where sometimes this happens with the one. This is where you've got to know it. And that was my great downfall. Because, <laughs> because that feels like so much less than doing an armed robbery. Yeah, and, exactly. And also it feels like, it actually feels almost like less than messing about with a gas pipe to me. Yeah, well, well, it, it's it's dangerous than messing, you know, the the both are. It is less than messing with the gas pipe, but it, it's still yeah. Because and and had you... and had that been a twenty odd year old person yeah. who had a, a sort of heart defect mm. or whatever, who might not even know themselves that they've got a heart defect. Yeah, um, and they they die um, because of the the earlier case of of, um, of Dawson, then that wouldn't have been no manslaughter because. You know, the the reasonable person wouldn't have thought, "Oh, if I threaten this twenty hundred year old bloke, he's gonna he might suffer some harm just from this threat." Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? True. It, 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 that's not the thing. Because I mean, there the, the was the case. It was the case of Carrie, um, where it's a fifteen year old girl, and 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 that's an affray actually, um, right. and she um, basically has a heart attack uh, because wow. of shock 
from this affray. Right. And the idea is that actually a reasonable person, bystander, wouldn't have perceived that there was a risk of her having a heart attack from the fear. The violence itself or the physical assault didn't cause a heart attack. It was the fear that was that was produced from it. And there's there's a reasonable person wouldn't have thought a 15 year old would be susceptible to a heart attack from shock. No, you true. Know what I mean? So, so it, it, it's you know it's objective this test, but obviously the circumstances are very subjective, and it's what yeah. and you know there's no the argument is there's no such thing as objectivity. It's always an you know a subject perceiving things. You know. Yeah. Right? So also the 89 case, I can't remember what that was called with the old with the 87 year old man and the uh, Watson heart attack. The 19 what was it called? Watson. Watson. We don't know what the threat was because you stay there and everything will be all right, or you stay there or else I'll come down and all a yeah. list of very specific, very awful things. It's different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so the the act itself, but is yeah. The, the the key point for our purposes though is the the sort of the the nature of the of the victim, as it were. In that right, one can be perceived to be a, a risk. Whereas I suppose if if it was um, you know a twenty five year old who is currently undergoing dialysis at the time that yeah, you come yeah, and yeah. do it, then you might perceive, actually, they're, they're possibly at risk of, you know, like, so it, it, it is very yeah, yeah, very dependent it, on the on the circumstances. It's totally fact-related as well, isn't it, then? Yeah, yeah. And then, so, and then just finally, you know... This is so good. The objective nature... You, you do this every few times. You finish something you started, and, it's, yeah. <laughs> and also, like, you've done a bit of work. Yeah, yeah. And it's such a difference. And, and finally... finally <laughs> <laughs> genuinely learning. The, the fact that it's objective was emphasised um, in, in the case of JF, um, which is from 2015, so a fairly recent case. Right. Now, the, the fact that there's letters involved suggest that who are Minor. the defendants are minors, yeah. And this always comes up again. And I say, it always comes up to... So to take it, you know, as a nice circular way to end it, um, is that... Um, so F is aged 14 and E is aged 16, okay? Yep. Both convicted of manslaughter. And what they've done is they've entered a derelict building and set alight a duvet on a pile of tyres before fleeing the building, okay? Yeah. That feels like something that must be done all the time, doesn't yeah. it? They were unaware that anyone was in the building, and in, but in fact, several homeless men lived there. Um, and one of them died, okay? F who was the 14-year-old, um, actually had a low IQ and his understanding was comparable to that of a six-year-old child. Wow. Um, at trial, they were convicted of unlawful like manslaughter on the basis that the act of simple arson, which um, any reasonable person would have foreseen, right. might have, he might have caused someone some harm. He cannot be subject to an objective and which test. Did in fact, well, he is, though, because oh it's an objective gosh. test, isn't it? And it, therefore, it applies to everybody. It's not subjective. He's so a six-year-old mentally. Yeah, so they were so so they were acquitted on right. the charge of aggravated arson, which required proof that they'd been reckless. So there was an in, there was a mental element to it. Yeah, but simple arson is just they set fire to this thing unlawfully. You know what I mean? Is, um, is arson um, a basic intent? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. So aggravated is, is the, with with recklessness to that might right. endanger life. But it's just like so. So the offense. If you is, set fire to something, that's arson. Yeah, that's arson. Yeah. The, yeah, so so they've, they've they've committed arson. It's clear they've committed arson. It's just it's just it is what it is. Um, and he's clearly been found to have capacity to stand trial. It's not one of these where he lacks capacity to even be tried. You right. know what I mean? So six year old. So so the, so they're acquitted of that, but they're convicted of of of, um, of the simple arson. And the court of appeal upheld the convictions 
and the judge had directed the jury on the objective test as follows, where it says, it is immaterial whether or not the defendant actually knew or actually realised that the act was dangerous in the sense I have defined it for you, and whether or not he intended any harm to result therefrom. And the sober and reasonable man is endowed with knowledge which the defendant possessed before and at the time of starting the fire, which is the, you know, like, so, so they didn't know anyone was there, but there is mm. still this, this risk. Um, but the Court of Appeal rejected the argument, the objective test, as to whether the act was a dangerous one, was a test which should have been adapted to take into account yes. the appellant's ages, which you, I instinctively think that that has to be the case. Has to be. Not um, necessarily if it was a normal 14-year-old, but a six-year-old exactly. mentally. And in the case of the appellant F, his mental capacity. Um, the court held that it was for Parliament to act if there was a desire to change the law. Oh, Christ. So who would that be at the time? <laughs> <laughs> was it 2015. 2015, probably, wasn't it? Theresa May, was it? probably. Yeah. Would it have been? Yeah, was it Cameron and in charge, and then Theresa May was the yeah, home set? Yeah, but I'm she was probably sure. sharpening her knives for other yeah, yeah. Uh, purposes at the time. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, because it met all of the things that a likelihood of harm was there, you know, and that a reasonable person would have fussed in that setting fire to something mm. and just leaving it um, means that there is a likelihood of some harm being, uh, you know, suffered by someone. Uh, means that it met with that test and that was it. Wow, that's so interesting, isn't it? Because normally you'd think this is where the common law comes in when there's gaps in the legislation and just fairness, equity just would say, you can't, we've got to amend this. We've got to, uh, I've got to direct differently or something. But we didn't. Sacking, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so, you know, it, it does lead to, and there is, you know, there, there are a few cases that are like this where the defendants are minors and or, the, or there's some sort of a limited understanding mm. because of um, because of their sort of like mental capacities or, or whatever. Um, and yet, because it's an objective test, objective means literally you, it, it is this reasonable person. Yeah. And um, and therefore, sorry, but you've been scooped up in this in this objective net just the same as anyone else would be. And uh, it may seem unjust, but that's just the nature of objective tests. That was so good. And let me just check. Oh my God, I've forgotten nearly all of it. <laughs> <laughs> the dog keeps trumping at every time. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. She's eating something in the park. Um, do you want some dinner? Um, um, yeah, please. That'd be right. Nice. Yeah. Let's stop this charade and um, have some dinner. Right, everybody, bye. Um, we've got a new project in the pipeline, but uh, we're not going to talk about it at the minute. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Ciao.